Good morning, everyone. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of cool stuff going on in here in the sanctuary today. Um, the Christmas stockings um, are what you collected for, for the Salvation Army for Christmas time. Then below that, you'll see uh, at the altar, um, the other bags, those are for the teachers at Stripland. The missions team has collected lots of back-to-school supplies for the teachers for their classrooms. And you helped us do that, so that is awesome. And then even on the floor, there's um, four of the Christmas shoe boxes. We didn't even have room to bring them all in here because there's 50 of them. And those are going um, to South America and our children and youth packed those uh, with, the, with the North Alabama Conference. So that's awesome. We're gonna be praying uh, over all of those later today. Wanted to let you know there's a youth event tonight. It starts two in the afternoon and it goes till 10. And it is gonna be awesome. So a uh, big back to school event. Uh, next Sunday, here at both services, will we, be, we will be praying for the kids as they go back to school. We'll have a backpack blessing, uh, we'll be praying for the teachers, and we will also be praying for all of our very own Early Learning Center staff uh, next Sunday. Pastor Sam, this is going to be your favorite announcement. Are you ready? AT, you ready for this? I hope to see the choir out there. An ice cream social on August 18th. It's a Wednesday night. We'll be outside in the portico, and if you sign up, uh, you can even come to dinner before the ice cream social. We're going to have Chick-fil-A sandwiches, I think. It's going to be great. Um, Pastor Sam and JT are all about the ice cream. So, um, and lastly, I want to tell you, there's a, a, our church app and website. There's so many cool things that you can find out and keep up to date with what's going on at the church with uh, the app and the website. Sheila Freeman has made a top 10 list of reasons to check out the app. Number 10 was you can meet the staff. You can get to know the staff and who all works here, and it's pretty cool. Um, wanted to let you know also that Haddon Jarecki, who has been working in our nursery here for many years, um, this is her last Sunday here. She's going off to college. So if you happen to see Haddon Jarecki, give her a big hug and tell her that you're going to miss her and you appreciate all the work she's done with us. And let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds, help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. This morning as we worship together, I invite you to take your hymnals as we stand together and sing hymn number 159, Lift High the Cross.
Please remain standing and join us for the affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Okay, thank you. Welcome. Please be seated. And I think Miss Catherine's about to take our children to Children's Church today. They always have a great time. So as they do that, I want to just say I think that we have probably the most festive altar setting in the town of Gadsden today. Do you think anybody can top this? Are you kidding me? I want to say a word about our missions team. We have uh, we have. Of course, not been able to do some things over the last year, year and a half. But our mission team has been, I mean, I think they've been revved up and ready to go. Don't you, Pastor Andy? They've had a theme every week. This is, um, this represents some of their work for, for Christmas in July. The stockings go to Salvation Army. Um, the teacher bags, inside these, these beautiful, bright, colorful bags, which are uh, every teacher would like to have a bag to put their stuff in, but there are, uh, you know, dry erase markers, hand sanitizer, Kleenexes, uh, highlighters, all of the things that are going to make those teachers at Stripling Elementary smile when they get that. And they're going to know that somebody loves them. And then the shoe boxes, it just really blows my mind. It makes me smile too to think that some kid in South America is going to know that somebody in North Alabama loves them and that God loves them. So um, I'm really proud of this. We are going to say a prayer. I'm going to ask Pastor Andy to, to come down and to place his hands on some of these beautiful Christmas bags. We're going to say a prayer, and we're going to ask God to bless all of these. And I want to thank you for your giving. As he's making his way down there, I want to remind you, please keep giving and supporting your church um, by your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service. We are doing everything that we can to help keep you safe, and we are doing everything we can to keep the ministry and the calling that God has placed on us going. Uh, you can give online. You can download the church app, as Pastor Andy said earlier. We have announcement sheets that you can find at tables that, that give some announcements, uh, and there's a place where you can put your prayer requests. We always want those. but. Let's stay connected the best we can. I'm glad you're worshiping with us online. Say hello to us. Let us know where you're worshiping from if you're worshiping online today. But let's pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, 
We thank you that you have blessed us in so many ways. We thank you that we can worship you. Uh, we can worship you together. We're thankful for that opportunity. We can worship you uh, online and still be connected. We know that your Holy Spirit can move um, anytime, any place, and we thank you that that you can touch even wherever we are, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you also for the gifts and the talents of, of people who use their hands and their feet to be your hands and feet. We're thankful for those who help put together the the grown-ups and the children and the youth that help put together these Christmas stockings that will go to, to kids in our area through the Salvation Army who help put together the teacher's bags that will go to Stripling Elementary School teachers. And we are also thankful, Lord, for uh, the boxes that will go to South America. We pray for everyone who helped participate, everyone who donated money and time and effort, everyone who went shopping to get something that's going to make somebody else smile and be feel blessed uh, in, at Christmas time. We're thankful, Lord, and we're also praying even now for the ones that will receive these. We're praying for these, these children in our community. We're praying for the children in South America that will be receiving these. We're praying for our teachers, Lord, as they go back to school, that they will know that they're not in this alone, that we love them and that you love them. So God, as we continue to worship today, bless us, Lord, through the music. Open our hearts and minds as we study and worship together and we open your word. Lord, teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> we love hearing our choir, but we also uh, just love hearing JT sing, don't we? And uh, again, uh, Benny doesn't take vacation very often, and we love hearing this fabulous organ, but we also love hearing uh, Rhonda and Trish play this, this beautiful instrument right over here, this piano. It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to get to hear a little bit of all of it highlighted. We're continuing our back to school theme today. We're looking back at the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. The words will be up on the screen if you want to follow along there. Or if you want to grab a Bible out of the back of the pew or turn on your Bible at home. Anyway, uh, let's listen to these words from the life of Jesus. Verses 25 through 33. Now large crowds were traveling with him. And he turned and said to them, whoever comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Continuing on our back to school theme today, last week we talked about how to act in the lunchroom. Today we're going to be talking about something that makes even the strongest students' knees tremble, a pop quiz. I want to tell you what, my hands are sweating just thinking about a pop quiz. Oh, I hated it when the teacher gave that. You know, if you look up in the dictionary, for the words for pop quiz, you find this. It's a short test given to a class by a teacher without prior warning or announcement. That's the thing, the without prior warning. Uh, it's just popped on you, right? 
So I can imagine Jesus giving the crowd that had gathered around him a pop quiz that day. You know, sometimes we think about Jesus, we think about 12 people following Jesus, but now a crowd had gathered. Maybe they were excited because they'd seen some of the miracles, or maybe, maybe they were curious, but they were following. A crowd was following, and Jesus, I can see him turning around and saying, okay, I have a pop quiz for you all today. It's got two questions. First question is, how many of you want to be my followers? And I can see the whole crowd raising their hands. And then the second question is, are you willing to pay the cost to be my disciple? And then silence, right? And then somebody in the crowd raises their hand and says, Jesus, can you tell us what is the cost? What's the cost? Man, that's a good question. What is the cost of being a follower of Jesus? Richard Stearns was a man who was uh, living the American dream. He was the CEO of the Linux China Company. Do y'all know what the Linux China, Linux uh, Fine China? Some of y'all are nodding your heads. Uh, the good stuff, right? The, the company stuff, right? Uh, he was CEO of Linux. He had a big, fat CEO salary. He had a big, spacious, posh corner office, and he had 4,000 people working for him, and he was doing great. Now, he didn't get there overnight. It took him 25 years to get to the point where he was, but he put a lot of hard work into it. He had his wife and his children. They lived in their dream house. Uh, everything was going great for Richard. Richard was a Christian. He had come to faith in Christ while he was in graduate school, kind of later on in life. But he was very devout. He and his family went to church every Sunday, and Richard was involved in a Bible study on an every week basis. And he was even on a board of directors for a Christian school. He was in his office, in his big posh office at his big fancy desk, he kept his, his Bible right on his desk and he would pick it up and read it and he had it there to be visible to everybody who came in to his office that he was a Christian, he was a follower. He said in his book, by the way, he has a book uh, about his life called The Hole in the Gospel, which is a great book to read. But he says, I had my ticket punched to heaven and now I was living the good life. And then in 1998, his phone rang and when he answered it it was an executive recruiter for one of the largest Christian relief organizations in the world an organization called World Vision have any of y'all ever heard of World Vision some of you may even support children through World Vision well they called Richard and they said hey we want you to come and be the president of World Vision now Sometimes when you get a phone call, it's just a phone call. Sometimes it's a telemarketer, right? Sometimes they want to know if you need to extend your car's warranty, uh, whatever is up with that. But sometimes when you get a call, it turns out to be more than a call from a person. It turns out to be a call from God. And 
that's kind of what this turned out to be. This is what he writes in his book about this phone call he got. He said he felt Jesus was inviting him once again to follow him, to be his disciple. That Jesus was giving him an opportunity to join together and help change the world by proclaiming the good news to the poor, that the kingdom of God was at hand. And there was just one problem. He didn't want to do it. <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to give up his job. He liked his job. He liked his church. He, he didn't want to drop everything that he was doing at the time. And he didn't want to quit the job that he had worked 25 years to get to and, and have a huge pay cut and sell his house and move his family and go basically to the front lines of this battle. He didn't want to join the battle. He wrote this. He said, Jesus seemed to be asking me for the most valuable things that I possessed. So back to the question, the pop quiz question. What does it cost to follow Jesus? This short passage that I read this morning from Luke 14 has in three different times in this passage, Jesus says these words, if you don't do this, you can't be my disciple. I don't know how much plainer Jesus could be. If you don't do this, you can't be my disciple. Now, these three things that Jesus says, I don't have to be honest with you. They fall into the category of things that I sort of wish Jesus hadn't said. Want to be honest? kind of wish he hadn't have said these or well, I kind of wish he'd kind of backed off a little maybe dialed it down just a little bit but here's what he said verse 26 whoever comes to me and does not hate father mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes even life itself cannot be my disciple Jesus whoa what are you talking about here we're supposed to hate our our, our families and what is up with that well, I mean, what is up with that is that we think of hate. We think about something that we just detest or we feel animosity towards something or someone or we, we have an intense dislike for someone or something. But in Jesus' day, for first century Jews, when they said hate, they weren't talking about that. They were talking about turning away from something, detaching yourself from something, they were, they were talking about comparison. And one example is the Old Testament in Genesis 29. One of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is Jacob. You remember the story of Jacob? Where Jacob went and he, he fell in love with Rachel. And he worked seven years so he could marry Rachel. And then on his wedding night... His father-in-law snuck, pulled a fast one and snuck in the older sister into the tent that night. And he woke up the next morning and there was Leah. Okay, and then it says in verse 31, chapter 29, that Leah was hated by Jacob. Now, it didn't mean that Jacob had an intense dislike for Leah. It didn't mean that he had animosity feelings toward Leah. He had seven children with Leah. Uh, there was obviously something about the woman he liked, okay? He didn't hate her in that way. 
But compared to Rachel, she was always going to take second place, you see. That's what we're talking about here. Compared to following Jesus, even our love for our families, even our love for our own life has to take second place. And you say, well, didn't Richard Stearns, didn't he love his mother? Well, yeah. He, he, as a matter of fact, when he finally decided he was going to take the job with World Vision, he called his mama. And he said, Mama, I'm, I'm going to take a, I'm leaving my position as CEO of, of Linux company, and I'm going to take a position as president of World Vision. You know what his mom said? She said, Son, are you crazy? Why would you want to do that? Why would you, have you lost your mind? You've got it made. You've got it made. Why in the world would you want to give all that up to be the president of a charity? He loved his mom. But he knew what God's call was. Did Jesus love his mom? Let's ponder this for a second. Did Jesus love his mom? We're talking about the woman that that he at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, his mom came and said, son, they've run out of wine. And he's like, not my problem. And she said, son, they've run out of wine. And because he loved his mom, he turned the water into wine and really started his public ministry before he wanted to because he loved his mama when he was hanging on the cross one of the last things he said while he was dying on the cross was he looked down and he saw his mom and he saw John and he said take care of my mama he loved his mama but when his mama came and stood outside of the house and said son you've got to come with us we're worried about you Jesus said, who is my family? My family is anyone who hears and follows the will of God. You see, it may cost us something to follow Jesus. Verse 27, Jesus said, whoever does not carry the cross and follow me is not my disciple. The cross. Now here's another question. Did Jesus love his life? Of course he did. Jesus loved living. Jesus prayed in the garden. If there's any way possible to let this cup pass from me, Father, let it pass from me. The cross was not just, uh, not just a symbol. We have crosses everywhere in here. It's our most, our, our most treasured Christian symbol in the Christian faith and in our beautiful sanctuary. We have crosses everywhere. We, we wear a jewelry. We have crosses everywhere. We say something about the cross just in passing all the time. We just say something like, oh, that's just my cross to bear. And we might be talking about some physical ailment or something, some chronic illness. It's like, well, I've got this, this old arthritis in my knuckles, and I guess that's just my cross to bear. Or we'll say it about somebody that, some, some, somebody's family member. We'll say, Bless her heart. You know, her husband is just bad lazy, but I guess that's just her cross to bear, you know. But that's not what Jesus was talking about at all. When he told, when he told his, the crowd there, if you don't carry your cross, you can't be my disciple, he wa it wasn't theoretical. It wasn't a metaphor. 
In the first century, the Roman Empire crucified everybody that they considered a threat to Rome. And I'm talking about crucified on a cross. And they lined the roads with these crosses. And when they crucified something, they put a sign over them and told them what they had done against the Roman Empire. And they, when they crucified him, lining the road were crosses. And they just left the bodies there. They left them. They didn't take them down and bury them. They left them. As a permanent reminder, this is what happens to you when you mess with the Roman Empire. It wasn't theoretical. It wasn't metaphorical. When Jesus said, take your cross, he meant you're going to have to sacrifice. And it may even be the ultimate sacrifice. You may have to just give your life. You still want to follow me? I'm headed to Jerusalem. I'm headed to Calvary. You still want to follow me? Pop quiz. What does it cost? Well, verse 33, Jesus said, None of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. Wow. You know, people that say that they take everything in the Bible just completely literally... I wonder if they read that verse, you know. When you think about it, we all kind of use a little bit of nuance when we read the words of Jesus, don't we? We really have to give up all of our possessions? I don't know. The word give up here literally means to leave behind. I'm reminded of Peter and James and John and Andrew. They were, they were fishermen, right? And when Jesus went down uh, the shore and said, come and follow me, they, they dropped their nets and left their boats and followed Jesus. They left it behind. Or, or Matthew, Max, Matthew was at his tax collector's booth. I imagine there were like money bags there at his booth, don't you? Isn't that how you picture it? Jesus came to Matthew and said, Matthew, come and follow me. Matthew got up left his tax collector booth and followed Jesus, leaving it behind. Okay, we may never be called to leave behind everything like that. But each of us has to answer this question in our own heart. Would you, would you let go of something? Would you make an uncomfortable sacrifice? Of something if Jesus called you to do so when I was in seminary I, I took a class called world religions and I, I really it was, I enjoyed the class I'm just a kind of a naturally curious person I like learning about different things I enjoyed learning about world religions um, what I didn't know was I thought it was all going to be like books and paper and stuff like that one of our final projects was we had to go to a, a worship service of another religion. Now, when I say another religion, I don't mean I'm a Methodist and I went to a Baptist church, okay? I mean a whole other religion, okay? Some of my friends went to the you know, Jewish temple on the Sabbath, and some went to, I don't know. Basically in Atlanta, you can find just about anything that you look for, right? Um, 
I decided I was going to go to the Hare Krishna worship service um, just because okay, I don't like to do what everybody else is doing. And also, if I have to be honest, it fit with my schedule because I had a, a late class on Thursday and their service was Thursday night. So um, they had a big old house right off of Ponce de Leon. And so I went. Now, sometime when we can just talk and we got time, I can tell you it was quite an experience going to this service. And I'll tell you all about it some other time. Today, I just want to tell you about some of the people that I met. Everybody to a person was very nice and warm and welcoming to their, to, uh, when I went to their service. I had called ahead of time, right, and told them I was coming. I was a student. I was going to write a paper. I'm not a recruit, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go to the airport for you to play the tambourine. I'm just coming. So I, I told them ahead of time, and, and they were very nice. They they talked to me and I noticed the people there some of them were called devotees and I asked the the leader there I said look I, what does it take to be a devotee and he explained to me that that anybody that wanted to could come to their temple and worship with them but a devotee was required to sell everything that they had leave their family leave their home and come and live there in their commune compound, whatever it was. They had shaved their head, right? And they had to wear a robe. And all day long, they sold carnations to raise money to support the, the temple. And they basically dedicated their whole life to nothing but practicing the teachings of Krishna. That was what it meant to be a devotee. So now, as I said, I was getting all this information for my paper so that I could write a paper, so I could get a grade, so I could take the class. You know what I mean? And I, I, I think I got an A on that paper. You know what I mean? But I couldn't help but, and I still to this day, think about what they mean when they say we're devoted versus what we mean when we say we're devoted. The price that they pay compared to the strikingly small sacrifices that we make when we call ourselves following Jesus, what does it cost to follow Jesus? Well, it might cost everything. But here's what we do. How many of you remember the old game show, Let's Make a Deal? Monty Hall? Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you probably could still find it on some of those old uh, game show channels or whatever. But, but the people dressed up in crazy outfits, you know, and they, they want to be the one called down there. And then they come down and they're all excited and jumping around and dressed up. And then if they're one of the lucky ones, and then they win something, let's say they, they win uh, $1,000. And so then Monty Hall calls him up there and says, would you like to keep your $1,000 or would you like to trade it for what's behind curtain number one? Not Rhonda and Trish, but curtain number one, right? Um, 
oh, I don't know. And then the crowd's shouting, keep the money. No, take the curtain. You know. But let's just say, let's just use our imagination and say that the person says, hey, you know what, money? I want to keep the money and have what's behind curtain number one. Monty would say, nope, doesn't work like that. You have to choose. I know it sounds silly, but let's just, let's just imagine that the person said, listen, Monty, you're a smart guy. Let's negotiate here. Let me keep half the money and take what's behind curtain number one. Nope, it doesn't work like that. You can choose that. You can choose this. I know it sounds kind of silly, but you know, we do that all the time with Jesus. You see, we want to follow Jesus, but we kind of want to do it on our own terms. We kind of want to say, hey, let's make a deal, Jesus. I'll just keep all of my stuff and I'll keep all of my time and I'll just, whatever doesn't cramp my style too much. The things that Jesus talked about, talking about family and life and possessions and all of that kind of stuff, these are not bad things. They're good things. It just becomes bad when you put that above God. It becomes an idol. And we may never be called to leave something like that behind. We may stay exactly where we are and serve Christ in the kingdom. It's just a matter of being willing to. It's a matter of of not saying, okay, I want to do this on my terms. It's a matter of not letting any other allegiance, not letting any other priority, not letting any other devotion come above our devotion to God. What does it cost to follow Jesus? It might cost everything. Um, I grew up singing out of this Brown Cokesbury hymnal. Raise your hand if you know the Brown Cokesbury hymnal. Um, I love this hymnal. It, we still have many of the same songs in our blue hymnal, but here's one that I grew up singing that's not in this hymnal. It's number 142. It goes like this. It may not be on the mountain's height or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battle front. My Lord will have need of me. But if by a still small voice he calls to pass, I do not know. I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine. I'll go. What? <laughs> 
where you want me to go. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we don't know when we will get that call from you, which usually comes like a holy nudge. When the Holy Spirit just kind of tweaks our heart and we know that we're supposed to follow. That we might have to let go of something in order to embrace what you have for us. That we might have to leave behind something in order to head in a different direction. Lord, we know we've all had that call. And honestly, we've all probably said, let's make a deal, Lord. But we want to follow you. We really do. So help us to put that as our prime, our prime number one allegiance. And when it comes to control, Lord, help us just to surrender. Because nobody knows us better than you and nobody loves us more than you. So we surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn is number 354, I Surrender All. And I want to ask you to stand it and sing this hymn, not just as a hymn, but sing it as a prayer. Sing it as a pledge. I Surrender All, 354. Let's stand together.
And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the, the love of God the Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen.